Hey everybody, Will DeBoer here. One Flew Over is officially on break right now, but before we went on hiatus, we recorded one last interview that we'd like to share with you as a sort of bonus episode. In a few moments, you'll hear my chat with Frederick Key's hitting coach, Tom Eller. Eller was on staff as the Shorebirds hitting coach in the first half of 2019, helping Delmarva win a Northern Division title. In mid-June, he took over the same position with the Aberdeen Ironbirds and was replaced by Dan Radisson. Before joining the O's, Eller spent 12 seasons as head coach at Harford Community College in Churchville, Maryland, where he won five regional titles and went to the 2016 JUCO World Series. Eller grew up in Rising Sun, Maryland. He helped his Rising Sun Tigers win the Maryland State Championship in 2000. Tom Eller joins us from Elkton, Maryland. Tom, how are you doing? It's good to have you on the show. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, here we are in year two for you in the Orioles system, and again, it's not a straight line of uh, go here, coach, and then go home at the end of the season. Are you there wondering, man, am I ever going to get a normal season of doing this? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I mean I, honestly, I feel worse for all the uh, the new coaches we have because a lot of those guys haven't been a part of Pro Bowl yet, and you know, to not even get their first season in, uh, it's kind of disappointing. A little bit, but at least uh, there's a bright future ahead in this system. And uh, you coached uh, at uh, Hartford Community College for 12 years and had uh, really great success developing players there. Uh, why was last year ultimately the time for you uh, to feel like, yeah, this was the year to uh, make the jump to pro ball? Uh, I mean, it's it's always something that I, I wanted to do. Um, but just to be able to, you know, take that next step is, is just what, you know, especially in my hometown team, I mean, it made all the sense in the world. Um, it was something I was really excited to do. Uh, did you get to many Oriole games growing up? Uh, when I was younger, yeah, we used to always go. Um, but honestly, ever since I started coaching, I, I might have maybe went to a game like every once in a while, like every once in every two years or something. So uh, to be around it again it is awesome. It almost seems like that uh, Stanley Cup approach. You know, you don't you don't go to the ballpark regularly unless you're you're uh, earn the right to be paid to go to the ballpark all the time. No doubt, yeah. no doubt. And uh, you signed on with the O's uh, last year before the 2019 season, and were originally just going to uh, coach at Aberdeen, coach the hitters there. But then the Shorebirds had a late opening, uh, close to opening day. Uh, when did they come uh, to you with the offer to? have the chance to start in Delmarva and then transition to Aberdeen? Um, I don't actually remember when it was, but I remember Sig called me up and, and just said, hey, you know, we got a, we got an opening. Um, what do you think we should do? And I was like, I'm thinking like, you know, my wife went to school in Salisbury. I was like, oh, well, I can do it for the first part of the year. And uh, he, he just said, you know, let me think about it. And, you know, I think he called me back in like 20 minutes and he was like, yeah, let's do that. We'll figure something out to – you know, when you get ready to go to Aberdeen. So I think it bought, bought the uh, administration some time uh, to find another guy. And obviously they did with uh, Rad Dog, Dan Radisson. So um, I was excited. You know, I, it was kind of sad to, to leave Delmarva too, because I, I had so much, so many good times there. Um, we had such a good team. Um, but the good thing about it was, was that I got to, to be around even more of the, uh, the new players and, and more of the organization to um, kind of really get, to know everybody yeah and it sounds like it was a perfect fit because you already had the connections there in Salisbury had you gotten to visit very often before you took the job with the Shorebirds no no we hadn't been down there in a while um so it was nice for my wife to come down every once in a while and you know relive her her college 
college years down there. So uh, it was nice, though. It's a great right. place. Yeah, glory days, right? Uh, you know, glory days, yeah. Yeah, you connect it with the uh, Springsteen song. She connects it with uh, with just being in Salisbury. It was a perfect trip. Yeah. And uh, you got here uh, to Delmarva, and like you said, they had a great team. They started blazing hot, uh, 24 and 4 through the first month of the season. And there were a few blowouts in there, but mostly it was just the guys getting it done at the plate with timely hits and close games. Yeah, I mean, I told Kamo this too, and I, I think it was because, you know, we just had we didn't have any expectations. Like we, we knew we we had a chance to be good, but we didn't have any pressure on us. So, you know, we just went out and did what we did, and um, you know, obviously we had some really good players, and everybody just kind of passed the baton and let let the next guy do it. And uh, you know, it, it seemed like every night there was a different guy with, with a game winning hit or something like that. Our pitching was was obviously the strong strongest point. Um, I mean, anytime you can go out and you know, only give up one or two runs every game. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of that confidence stemmed from uh, the early game, April 13th, in which uh, we were down 5 to nothing, being no hit, and then it all turns around, and J.C. Encarnacion hits that grand slam to win it. I mean, if you guys can win that game, you can win them all. Yeah, that was that was probably, I mean, I've been around a lot of things, that, that crazy things that have happened. That was probably one of the craziest uh, nights that I've ever been a part of because – you know, the, the being no hit, you know, and, and honestly, we didn't really swing the bat at all that night until the very end. Um, I mean, the, their their pitchers kind of locked us down. And next thing you know, it was just like hit after hit after hit. Next thing you know, Jay, and it was funny because JC that night we were, we were talking to him um, during BP and we were, we were trying to get him to pull the ball more and mm-hmm. try to hit it up in the air. So, you know, I was yelling stuff in Spanish at him, telling him to, to, to hit it higher and I'm not saying that that's what it was, but like he did it that night. And that's just tells you what kind of special athlete he is. Um, he can kind of just put, put things in, into play like that. And oh my goodness, did he hit it higher? I mean, you see <laughs> replays of that thing. It, it seems like it's going to puncture a cloud and then it lands just over the fence. I mean, he hit it high. All right. And he hit it uh, far. Yep. And, uh, it was a great moment and a really a, a linchpin moment for the season. Um, did it take uh, time for the players to sort of uh, buy in to uh, what you were doing and what the uh, new regime was doing? I mean, some of them were pretty new to pro ball, but others had a few years of experience uh, in the uh, pre-Elias days. Yeah, I mean, I think that whenever you have a, a new new hitting coach come in last second, you don't know anything about them. I mean, I think it's tough for them, um, just as it, was, as it was tough for me. I mean, you know, I, I didn't want to step on anybody's toes, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm there to get them better. And I think once they realize that, like, you know, and I sit down and talk to, to a couple of them and just say, listen, like, my job here is to help you get better and make help you get to the major leagues. So that's my only agenda. Like, I, I don't have anything in it for me. I'm just helping you. And once they kind of understood that, um, you know, we, we, we kind of really got off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking with Tom Eller right now, former Shorebirds uh, hitting coach. And, uh, Tom, you transitioned from Delmarva uh, to Aberdeen last year in early June, uh, the way it was determined. I'm sure the biggest difference there was going from coaching guys who had spent at least a little time in the system and gone through a spring training to coaching guys who were fresh draft picks and just getting their first taste of pro ball. Yeah, that was fun, though. I mean, just to... I mean, it took a little time to get everybody there, but once everybody got there, I mean, we had it rolling. Um, it's some really good 
really good players, even the guys that were, that were, you know, coming back for their second year at Aberdeen or, or guys that were in the Gulf Coast League the year before. I mean, we, we had a really good team. And, um, you know, once, like I said, once we got our, our core there, uh, we were tough to beat. We were really tough. Yeah, really tough and, and going after another pennant. And you were involved in two pennant races last year in the first half with Delmarva and then short season with Aberdeen where you were in it until the very last day of the season. And with all that going on, I'm, I'm sure it was easier to get your lessons across with the guys thinking, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get better, but also the team's going to keep winning. Yeah, I mean, that that's at, at, with Aberdeen, I mean, we really took like a, a, a development route with those guys because there's so many new guys so many guys that were were itching to um get to the next level and you know some guys you just have to tell them like listen like if, if we if we don't get you better at this at this certain thing you know you're not gonna be able to make you're not gonna be able to move up and you know our, our big emphasis hitting wise is like increasing our own base percentage and increasing our slugging percentage so um you know i, I think that's a big change from what guys have heard in the past. Um, and, you know, with the emphasis of like, it's okay to strike out looking that kind of scares some guys. And, um, but to see those guys start to figure it out and start to like really buy into the system was, was huge. How did the two parks compare uh, Purdue stadium uh, in Salisbury versus uh, Ripken stadium there in Aberdeen? Uh, they're both, they're both graveyards. <laughs> I mean, I tell you like the Delmarva is, I mean, it's, it just seems so big. Um, but it, obviously it's, it's not as big in the corners and Aberdeen's not big in the corners either. So, um, I mean, whew, it's Ab Aberdeen. If you're trying to get a ball out, you better hit it like from left center to the line. Cause you know, the ball just, and especially the humidity up there, oh. um, it's it's rough it's tough yeah i mean uh, i can imagine for guys who are coming through the oriole system if they learn to hit home runs in aberdeen and delmarva once they get to frederick and and Bowie, it it's, it'll feel like a cakewalk oh yeah and, and the good thing about delmarva is like every once in a while you get those breezes that kind of blow out off the water you know from the water so like every once in a while you'll get a good breeze blowing straight out it seemed like aberdeen was just like dead you know, like there's no yeah. air blowing anywhere. Your, your clothes were sticking to your shirt every day. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was great to see guys, you know, have success there. Uh, and between the first half in Delmarva and the second half in Aberdeen, you got uh, sort of lay of the land of pretty much every ballpark at that level up and down the East Coast. Uh, where do you think was uh, the toughest to hit out of, uh, out of all those uh, road ballparks in the Sally League and the Penn League? Phew. Toughest to hit. Um, well, I know the easiest place to hit was Greensboro. <laughs> um, I think the, I, I don't know. I would say the toughest place to hit would probably be, um, I mean, I'm going to go with Delmarva and Aberdeen, both of them. <laughs> they're, they're both tough. Yeah, I, I can see that. And, and we had a lot of players on the team who, you know, they were, they were good at home, but they, they really shined on the road. And, you know, Greensboro especially, I can still picture some of the home runs flying across the street there. Oh, I, I mean, I love Greensboro, and I loved um, um, Staten Island. Staten Island was beautiful, Ooh. and the ball flew there as well. And that's got that great uh, backdrop. Backdrop. Yeah, the whole oh, yeah. skyline. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed Staten Island. That was nice. 
I mean, that's, it's really a unique experience uh, to be able to go from uh, league to league and not even as a, ro as a rover and to get to experience, you know, not just one set of uh, minor league ballparks, but two. I mean, you could, you could write a book. You could join with Ben Hill at MILB.com and, and sort of write something. Yeah, I was hoping to get uh, some more land of land this year in the, in the Carolina League. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that is the unfortunate thing with the Orioles being in the middle of this rebuild and, and having to uh, hit pause. But talking to some of the other coaches in the system, it seems like the O's are really, really plugged in during this whole thing. Uh, how have you and your players been able to uh, connect throughout all this? Well, I mean, we have, uh, I would say like every two weeks we have like a, like a hitter's hot stove where we can kind of catch up with everybody and kind of go over some, t some, some of the recent topics. Like we, we went over some of our, um, our technology stuff with them, um, our analytics stuff with them. Um, but my, my thing is like, I, I just try to check in with them. You know, I, I kind of let it grow organically. Like I, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm pestering them. Um, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm, I reach out to them, you know, at least once a week just to check in and see if they've been hitting or see what they've been up to. Um, but we've also been doing a lot of our player plans and the player plans are really cool because we can, you know, we, we've made them more interactive and given them more examples for them to, to look at and understand a little bit better. Um, we, we've, I mean, I'll tell you, we've done a lot of work as far as like our offensive, um, some of our analytics with our offensive side and, you know, building a base running routine, um, and a program for base running. Um, it's been really good. I mean, I, I've, I've been surprised how much we've gotten done. Plus now we're, you know, we've got book clubs going on where we have, you know, players and coaches on book clubs. Uh, I think we've read three books now. Nice. Um, we're on our third book now. Um, and then we we're also starting uh, Spanish for all the coaches. So we, we just got through our first week of uh, Spanish lessons. Um, so that's been, been really good too. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, what's the book right now? Uh, right now we have uh, Ego is the Enemy. Or no, it's just Ego. Ego. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. What what's that about? I I can imagine you know it's not about snakes on a plane. It's probably about ego or something. Yeah, it's 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 basically about like how you know when when you start to have a, an ego, like all the issues that that come about with that, um, and how some of the greatest leaders you know in time in in the in history have have you know set aside their ego and and really push forward and and help the help the world be, world because of that. About that, I'm sure to a, a young man it can be really impressionable to read a book like that. Yeah, we've read some good ones. We read uh, Mindset first by Carol Dweck, um, and then we read um, the uh, oh man, the, the the book about the uh, All Blacks uh, New New Zealand rugby team. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know just how how to build a culture and you know how to work together and how to work in the right fashion and how to keep an open mind. I mean, I think that's all things that have, have really like have started shaping our, our organization for the better. Um, I'm sure if you were to interview, like, you know, some of the guys that have been here for a while, they, they'll, they'll definitely tell you like how things have changed and how, how close our organization is now. For the first day I got into spring training, um, I, cause I came in a little bit late and, um, Jake Parker picked me up and I said, so how's everything going? And he was like, this, this is amazing. He's like, I, I I've never seen a group so close so fast. He's like, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Huh. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. So right. it's, it's been really good. 
That is really cool, and I'm sure for the players who are about to join the Orioles system, it's something to look forward to. On that subject, shifting, shifting gears and talking about the draft, and you were a junior college coach for over a decade and had a lot of success developing uh, players there. Uh, what do you focus on when you're getting guys ready for uh, pro showcases and getting them ready potentially to get taken in the draft? Well, I mean, you gotta you got to showcase, obviously, their, their strong points, and um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, looking at some of these guys in the draft, I mean, like watching video of them, you know, you look at what their, what their strong points are. And, um, you know, for one, I mean, obviously Heston, huge power guy, um, you know, that's, that's something that has to be displayed. And, um, you know, with uh, like, uh, what's his name? Hudson, Hudson, uh, what's the second guy's name? Second pick. Um, was it uh, Jordan Westberg? He was the compensation. Oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Um, but the kid from Tulane, Hudson. Um, uh, well, anyway, I mean, super, super twitchy, super athletic. Just, I mean, if he puts some weight on, like he's gonna really do some damage in the future. And then, um, you know, the cool thing is, is that Anthony Servidio, the shortstop from Ole Miss, he actually played for me um, during the summer in the Cal Ripken League. Yeah. Uh, I think that was two years ago, and. He was a freshman. He, he played a lot for Ole Miss then. Um, you know, I knew he was going to be, I knew he was going to be a top round draft pick, you know, once his junior year came around and this year he had a great year. So last night it was really cool, like to see him get drafted. And, you know, I pulled his number up real quick and texted him and said, you know, congrats. Can't wait to, can't wait, can't wait to work with you again. And he's like, yo, all, it, this is going to be all, let's get to work. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it just comes down to showcasing your tools and, um, I think what we got in the draft is um, exactly what we needed. We need a little bit more depth offensively. I mean, obviously our, our organization has has flourished on the pitching side, and that's because of Holty and our great pitching coaches. Um, but now, you know, it's up to us to kind of continue to build and help us help help take the pressure off the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, Hunter Haskin was the kid Haskins, from Tulane. That's it. Yep. Yeah, he was 39 overall, and it really is a strong. Uh, class that the Orioles were able to draft. Uh, The one that's getting the headlines, of course, is the guy who went number two overall in Arkansas's uh, Heston Kierstead. What most excites you about him from looking at his tape and and seeing uh, that power there? Yeah, I mean, for one, I I think that that our, our, our organization did a great job of like not only just using numbers and, and, and all that kind of stuff, but they, they reached out to all the hitting coaches and they gave, they asked us for our opinion on, on, you know, it was either Kerstad or, or Martin. And I, I mean, I love Kerstad's swing. I love his product productivity. I mean, to be a freshman in the sec and starting every day and hitting 15 home runs and, you know, doing as well as he did. I mean, he's going to be ready right away. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he could start with us at the, with the keys, you know, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's put together. He's a big kid. Um, you know, he's got a good arm. But, you know, having a left-handed power bat and, you know, I, I put him if it was between him and Torkelson, um, I mean, that's that's still a tough decision, you know, because they're they're both really good. And, you know, we lo- love seeing left-handed bats as well. For sure. And uh, he may end up at Frederick soon. We'll, we'll hope to see him in Delmarva for at least a little while. Uh, Tom Eller, everybody, former Shorebirds hitting coach, getting ready for the year with Frederick. Tom, thanks for joining us and all the best to you. Appreciate it, Will. Thanks. Our thanks again to Tom Eller. 
You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Tom Eller and on Instagram at T underscore Eller 9. With that, One Flew Over officially goes into its hiatus. Thanks to everyone who listened to this podcast. We know it's been a rough couple months, especially for baseball fans, and we hope this show at least gave you something to look forward to every week. For further updates on all things Delmarva Shorebirds, visit theshorebirds.com or follow along on team social media. We'll talk to you again soon.